yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here after all these years, after all these tears I shed. Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer at the age of 26. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. You are. So today we're going to be talking about things that you can control and maybe how you react to things that are out of your control. This this whole cancer thing literally is uncontrollable. We're talking about a cell that divides incorrectly and then... A lot of people would say divides uncontrollably or, or rapidly. Um, so we're talking about this disease that you have that is uncontrollable by nature. But I think you've found a ton of success by controlling the things that are possible. Yeah. I think it's um, been helpful to me to kind of say... I can control this I can't control that or what can I control today maybe or Mm -hmm. just kind of having a a thought process of okay not all nothing it's not all lost like it does Mm -hmm. I feel like cancer does feel like a spiral you know it just sometimes it it spirals out of control it feels like especially at the beginning right no doubt so um yeah I think it's worth kind of just going through some of the things that have been helpful. And, and speaking of the beginning, I mean, honestly, um, this is where your freakness comes in. I think you were a rock in the beginning or detached yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's a family trait. It, it, it was a positive <laughs> because I could have spiraled out of control in that, feeling like I had no control over anything. And... and Small events were laid out for us that helped with the control part, but holy moly, I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. So what what can you control? Well, I mean, for me, I kind of started with what can I control from a physical standpoint? When we've talked about some of the different, you know, block, building blocks, I, it's easy for me to head towards physical things such as food, um, exercise and even rest. I mm-hmm. think those are all physical things. But so for food, I can I can control what I decide to eat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I can also control how I decide to view that. Because, <laughs> like, let's be honest, I don't eat well all of the time. You know what I mean? But I also it it just it's one of those things where it's like I'm gonna think about food as fuel for my body when I'm doing it right. And when I'm not doing it right, I'm not going to be um, over worried that it's doing something negatively to me. Does that make sense? It does, especially during treatment. Yeah. I mean, fu- food as fuel when a lot of people are losing weight and, yeah. and in you know a rough condition, it literally is fuel. It yeah. is what is going to keep you going, what is going to allow you to exercise, what's going to allow you to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it is It is huge. Yeah, so I think, again, with that, when you look at it on a bigger basis, it's like, you know, most days, especially in those phases, I'm shooting to really eat well. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also understanding that there's going to be some days that it's not going to be possible. No. You know? But to always kind of go 
can I get there today? Or can I do something <laughs> that's good for me from a physical standpoint? No doubt. Know? And if you're going to put something in your stomach, choose something healthy. Yeah. You know, you eat something you should have before the stuff you want to have, right, as a yeah. general rule. Yeah. But, you know, even going back to treatment with the exercise, there, there were days where, you know, the day after and two days after and three days after chemo, high, you know, the, the chemo mm-hmm. for eight hours a day, you were out walking, you were exercising, and I know you didn't feel good. Well, I think there's part of that. So this is what I've realized doing this for so long is there. there's a little part of me that says you don't know what tomorrow brings. And so, and you know, I've had so many fractures and different mm-hmm. things like that along the way that there is a little part of my brain that says, do it today. Like if you feel good enough today, do it today. <laughs> And so yeah. whatever that is, so so on a day, you know, after treatment, sometimes like right after treatment, you're kind of surprisingly, you feel better than you think. It's like three, mm-hmm. four, five days out that it really catches mm-hmm. up with you. So it's kind of that, okay, let me evaluate. My foot's not in a boot, my mm-hmm. whatever, my, you know, my stomach is settled, all those kind of things. If I can do it today, I should. Yeah. I was, th- I was literally thinking about that on our walk this morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got a pretty good streak of exercise going. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking, man, all it takes is, because we both had a ton of injuries. We're athletic. We play sports. We, we do that. And, and you do get hurt. And it sidelines us both. It, mm-hmm. and it, it, <laughs> it feels like oftentimes it's uh, like you and then me and then me and you. Like we go back and forth. Yeah. And, and, it, and some of the times I built myself up to just being in great shape and strong and everything. And then, oh, and I got to have a surgery. And now I'm back six months or something. And, mm-hmm. and I, I literally thought of that this morning on our walk just going, we are both pretty healthy right Getting now. There, yeah. and, and, you know, and building. And, it, and it's really nice. It's also yeah. knock on wood, right? Yeah, um, oops, I will I say, yes, yeah. but part of that too is that I've also been thinking more about rest, I think, yeah. than I ever have. And, um, you know, it, being able to sleep when I'm tired <laughs> is really something, I feel like sleep gets such a, you know, we, we all think we're tougher and stronger by not sleeping. And mm-hmm. honestly, like we just, my body works a lot better when I can sleep. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I sleep. I'm sleeping better at night, which has been great, but also I almost always take a nap. Like yeah, little cat naps. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, boy, just, I feel like sometimes it's just listening to your body. Like if it wants it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's also like what you said is, you know, not trying to necessarily tough it out because that is a choice. Yeah. You know, and, and it's something that you do have control over, yeah. whether you're going through treatment or you're post-treatment or yeah. or you're uh, listening to give advice to somebody. Yeah. Sleep is ridiculously important because yeah. it sets the other things up. And, yeah. and honestly, it's, you know, you could say all of them are the most important, but um, it, it's truly a choice. You're, you're making a choice. Then when your body goes, eh, you aren't going to sleep right now. Okay, get up. But you're, yeah. you know, you. you and I will say, as I think as parents, right, there's lots mm-hmm. of sleep deprivation, things like that. But you also still within that, there are choices to be made. When your kids sleep, you sleep. When you, you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. there's a nap time and you can take a nap, take a nap. Like all of those, they're, you know. Why don't you talk a little bit, you know, if you can take yourself back to, to any of the treatments you were going through, maybe with the exception of the the stem cell transplant where you were in the hospital, but, but even a little then, obviously you didn't feel real well. You know, you were, your body was getting its butt kicked. Yeah. 
what was your mindset with exercise? Because you probably didn't feel like exercising. Yeah, I don't know. I just did. I had really intentionally scheduled time. So every day. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of make use of that time um, and feel like it also, I think because it wasn't, you know, like say it was four hours or three hours, whatever it was, you kind of go, okay, I want to check these things off of my list. Mm-hmm. And so with exercise, I think what I've learned over time is just like, just start. Because, yeah. you know, if you can do it for five minutes and get past their, a lot of people say different things. They have a friend who runs who's like the first half mile is always terrible or whatever, you know, but then it gets better. So kind of just, it really is just get moving, just try something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the other thing that I found also is just, if I think about just walking, like you can, really can walk for five minutes or walk for 10 minutes when you, and that, that all adds up, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and I don't know if it correlates, but I mean, I find the days that I don't want to work out the most is the days that I feel like I get the most out of my workout. Because yeah. I didn't want to yeah. do it times Well, and a it thousand. makes you proud of yourself, too. And it yeah. does kind of help you, you know, kind of go, okay, I did that. And I can do something else now, too, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it does help. And, you know, then there's no opportunity for you to go, oh, you didn't even do anything mm-hmm. today. Which And know. there's going to be some days that's true. Yeah. But. And some, you know, and that's like, you know, I... I, there's this quote that says, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day that says, I will try again tomorrow. And I I remember thinking about that too. Like, I will try again tomorrow, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's okay. It just, uh, you know, you can't, if you keep letting it go there. Like, we, if we don't, you lose things, you, you know? Do. So our, yeah. our bodies, dang it, they... <laughs> They need to be moved and, and used. And I feel like putting your body in the, the, the optimal sleep exercise and the food you're putting in your body, you're giving it the best chance of fighting cancer. Well, and that was my whole thing was like, okay, what can I do to like, that's a, if the chemo will work and I... Yeah, make the doctor's going to do their part. Yes, right. right. Then I'm going to, I'm. what can I do to make my body as strong as possible? So mm-hmm. it can come through these treatments as well as possible. So it can be effective as possible. All of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and fortunately, we also, like, we were able to see results of that so quickly with yeah. the tumor shrinking and knowing that it was shrinking. It was really empowering, right? It's very much the mindset of an athlete training and a professional athlete training for, you know, I... I probably more like a track and field or something where they train a month out for an event type of thing. This is, it's obviously not the same training, but I'm saying the mindset of putting fuel in your body and getting rest and, and really challenging yourself, even when you don't want to, it's that mindset. And it's more than just, yeah. And, and it's kind of, it's actually kind of taking control or taking the attitude of I can do something versus I just have to get through this. Like, just getting through things is, you know, a whole different thing than, than wait a second, maybe I can do something. Maybe I can make a difference or, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do? So, so what else What else did you feel like you could and can control? Um, I, I realized pretty quickly on that I could control how I responded to other people. Like, the information that was coming, I don't want to even say information, but 
just even the conversations that were coming at me, especially in the mm-hmm. beginning, and just felt so much um, sort of out of my control at times, you know, like I, but I literally, sometimes I just stop people, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes I also realized that it was just better for me not to be, not to have a large circle that was interacting with me to kind of, I did build that bubble a little bit and just, because I, I knew that some things that came through were really hard for me to process. They were disappointing. They were scary. They were all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what the intention of them were. It still uh, made it, you know, my life difficult. So For sure. So, I, so yeah, how I responded to others, I think. Um, how I get my medical information. I can control that. And I think it's interesting. I was actually on a call last night, and we were talking about this again. Um, I mean, there's been an act, like, past that people will have um they will have the ability to access their medical information as soon as it's posted well okay (laughs) i get that but also you don't have to you don't have to and case in point i had a pet scan two weeks ago Mm -hmm. on a monday and i read my results an hour before i got to the clinic on on the the Monday that we went. Mm-hmm. I was like, at that point, I was like, I can handle an hour of, oh, crud. Mm-hmm. Or I just wanted to go, okay, can I be thinking about the other things that I also want to talk about in this appointment? Or do I need to switch gears? But it, it was, it is a choice. I can control that. I will say, there were times that I was like, I am going to open that up. And, you know, and then even our doc, my doctor comes in with it, printed out, and literally has the top thing highlighted that says no evidence of medical, whatever, metastatic disease, whatever it said. Like, which, it, that was it. And, and we're like... And she made us take it. And she made us take it. Yeah. But, like, um, have, you know, there is such a thing as too much information. And we I was talking with other people who have different cancers last night and and we were kind of all on the same page in terms of yeah like you can know too much the placebo effect is real yeah so the opposite of that is real yes so if you misread a medical treatment or test or whatever in which we do all the time we misread them yeah because we're not doctors and you can then take that to another level that is really unhealthy. And right. that's just one example right. of that. Well, and I can tell you again, like with my pet scan, mm-hmm. it says uptake in this area, uptake in this area, uptake in this, which is like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Well, now I know that, oh, uptake where the ONJ is that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, I just prefer the no evidence of that's a lot easier for me to handle and that's you know as far as your bubble or assigning roles and stuff that can be a role for somebody absolutely you know that somebody that can digest that information maybe has a little bit of medical background wouldn't hurt and has the the know-with-all to know your wishes and what you want to know and what you don't right and literally can keep a secret Yes. You know, if you have that person, that's not bad because they can be doing some research based on a test result or based on something. Mm-hmm. And that can be positive for you. You can go into a doctor's appointment yeah. with that person and they can then say, hey, you know, I knew yeah. about some of this. And 
but you know, yeah, the placebo effect is real. So I don't, you just, there's not many situations when dealing with cancer where you have to know all of that information. You just don't. I agree. And honestly, I think there's also, um, there's people that insist <laughs> that their doctors give them numbers. You're not a number. Jeez, so it doesn't matter what, I mean, I tell me what my chances are. My, my chances were absolutely terrible. Months to live. That's what my chances were. So you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> but there's always one. There's there a is. chance. Yeah. So, uh, And your brain and is your an brain, amazing exactly. organ that can help you get to that result of I still want to be here. Yeah. It's amazing. And we can't put any limits on it because we don't understand it. Right. I teach about the brain and we don't understand it and how the how it happens. And so any negative, that type of negative information, somebody would have to really give me a lecture on how that could possibly benefit you. Yeah. There's just no benefit to it. It's all negative. So I know. And I, I do think this is where, if anything, people think that I... Are, are critical of the, you know, my positivity. It's not a toxic positivity. It's a protection. Mm -hmm. It's, it is a way for me to um, not have to process information that I know that I can't process. So, I, so you're positive for good reason. You're not faking it. No. That's what I'm, you know, and not knowing a lot of the information. You right. Know, what do you have to be sad right. about type of thing or right. negative about Right. No, I can I can remember with um, talking, uh, I don't know, it was a post about side effects of a drug that I was on and somebody else was, so they were talking about, do you get all this cramping in your hands or whatever? And I was like, hmm, I didn't know that was a side effect. I can just go, that's life. That's daily yeah. life. I don't care. I'm it not. worked out. I, now my know, muscles are sore. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it really, I think there's so much that people can do with that but it does take kind of conscious thought and it also takes um the ability to sort of rethink a path i you know just because we've been doing something for so long doesn't mean it's the best way to do it right like yes we both work in education and i feel like we both find that often like mm -hmm. just because that's the way it's always been done doesn't mean it yeah. should still be that way you know yeah. when we learn things we can do better and that's how i feel about um both getting information and processing it so what else what else can you control um i can control how i view my life so i i think about this in terms of i could go through life going um you know, I was put in menopause at 26. I lost the ability to have children. I lost my breast. I, you know, I've had <laughs> 75 surgeries, whatever. I could just put all of that in a column and say, poor me. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I choose not to, I choose to go. There's a lot of good and, you know, and I'm grateful to be here and all of those kind of things. So, um, I, I think you can be, you know, you can have a pity party occasionally, but you can't mm -hmm. have a continuous pity but party. But you need somebody to bring you out of that pity party. Or you can, somebody I mean, say, even hey, somebody, if you're on you, like, set a time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's even times, like, 
you know, now for me, when I think about sadness, sometimes I get sad after like we've had a really great weekend or something and then the kids leave and whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, you can be sad for a little bit, but then you just got to get back at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so, um, and I guess the next, you know, how I deal with fear, I can control that. It's hard. It, it, it's easier now, but it's, it has been hard. Right. It has been really hard. It has been really hard. Don't discount that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's hard to control. It is. And I think for me, I mean, I'm dealing with other kind of situations that can head towards fear right now, like different, you know, changes in life or whatever, mm-hmm. looking at different job situations, any kind of thing like that. Like fear, it's so, again, when we talk about our brain, right, it just takes over. It's like, it's like I'm going to protect you and you shouldn't like, stay well, in this. A lot of people, it's the fear of the unknown. Yes. But with cancer and, and waiting on diagnosis or, or uh, test results, it's the fear of the known. Yeah, true. That's you true. You know what the... And that's, that's scary as shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... that's That fear of the known can be as scary as unknown when that known sucks. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So... Um, and then I, I was thinking, too, that I can I can control how I advocate for myself. So... I've learned you are so good at that. I've learned how to do that in in the most you know circumstances. Um, you know, on the job in terms of knowing, um, you know, I don't want to say I I don't feel like I have limits, but I for me it's really because I manage a lot of appointments and things like that. So having a little more time uh, for myself versus on the jobs helpful. Um, advocating for myself in all situations, especially medical, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just a lot of times I, we learned that early on. Yeah. But sometimes you got, you have to be a little bit of a bully and, and I'm sure we'll do a show specifically on that. We need to, because most people we know about that are friends of ours or acquaintances and, you know, got diagnosed and going to have my first appointment in a month and, and from there, then we'll see what we're going to do. And we just sit back and go, you, what? Yeah. No, yeah. no. Well, that's what they said. Well, screw that. Go to their boss then. You should yeah. be in there tomorrow yeah. and start getting treatment. And we have that attitude of, yeah. no, this is what we're going to And we're both pretty good at advocating for ourselves, which I know is a gift because some people just cannot do it. <laughs> know. But you I know what? You need somebody who can do it for you, I believe, if you can't because... The medical conglomerate there, you can advocate for yourself and you can get stuff done. I agree. And I mean, I've learned, you know, to, um, you know, to make extra phone calls, to, Mm -hmm. you know, put me on this list, to call back every day. Like, it's amazing how quickly you you can make things happen if you need to. Mm -hmm. And also just advocating for your own comfort and Mm -hmm. uh, personal uh, all sort of things in terms of like, I think about, you know, there's been many times over the years that people will come in and, oh, I've got three students with me. And most, most times I say yes, but there have been times that I'm like, no, like, I don't want, I don't want an audience Not today, today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. Or just, and, this isn't comfortable. Speak right. up. It, it, you, you can advocate for yourself. It's not... Yeah. You shouldn't just go through pain all the time or discomfort or right. as being True. a patient. You shouldn't. You, yeah. you should speak up. And you know what? 
a lot of times, maybe after the fact, they go, oh, we wish we would have known that we could have. Right. Well, and again, just even like the PET scan thing. So now I know when they say, oh, put your hands over your head or, you know, your arms above your head. And I'm like, yeah, I'll put them down as soon as I go. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess you can do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I know I can. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like, just because it's easier for you to say it once and like make me keep my whatever. You know, so there's a lot of ways that that you can advocate for yourself. And but also I think it comes with just realizing that when you can make yourself feel better about those things, it does make the whole thing a little better. Right. So and and unfortunately, in this disease, there are a lot of things you can't control. Right. You can't control a test result. So you can't. Right. can't I mean, you just can't control some things have to be done. You have to have this surgery. To, to save your life, yeah. you, you whatever. How how do you deal with those things that you cannot control? The thing. Well, yeah, I think I I control the things that I can, the things around it. So when I think about a surgery or a a big test or a time in the hospital, I'm going to control what I take with me. I'm going to control maybe the food situation or um, I mean, even just like, again, with tests, I've learned, you know what? If you don't wear any metal, you never have to wear a gown. (laughs) Hello. Mm. Uh, I don't like to wear gowns. I don't like to hold them closed, you know, them, all of that kind of stuff. It, it's things like that, that if I can keep myself in my comfort zone a little bit more then I feel good about that. If I, Again, I, we were talking about my first surgery, my mastectomy, the surgeon, when I was talking to her, I was very like convinced. I said, if you like open me up and find cancer, please don't talk negatively about me. I don't want to hear that even subconsciously, you know, and I, I and she didn't, she said, I, I understand that and I'm happy to do that. I think sometimes it's like, it's okay to like really share what you're thinking about or, you know, how you feel about different things. Um, just a little kind of a side thing. I think we talked, we might've talked about this before, but I've done some surgeries at Mayo Clinic and um, at Mayo, they give you a caffeine pill if you're like a coffee drinker, cause you're not drinking coffee, and you, can't, you know, coffee that morning or whatever on a day of a surgery. And I was like, that's awesome. And they're like, cause that'll help, you know, the prevent the headache yeah. or whatever. So then I had a surgery uh, more recently at U of M and I asked him about it and the, and the anesthesiologist goes, no, well, we don't do that, but that's a great idea. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, you guys should go to Mayo. <laughs> and, you know, so all of those things are, you know, the little things that you could control, they do make a difference. They make you feel a little better. So. And what, because I know this about you, 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 you have had a lot of things that you can't control. And not always, but in a lot of situations, especially, you know, in the last 15 years, you've been able to, I wouldn't say change it to a positive, but see the good in it, change the, you know, you've been able to, to say, okay, that sucks, but here's how I'm going to attack it. You've been able to do that in a lot of instances. Well, I can't change, I mean... It's your attitude on the, you know, hey, you broke your foot again. All right. I mean, 
I, I guess. I've got I can, two boots. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you just, you kind of roll with it, which is, uh, you're a freak. Well, I don't know. I just think, again, I, I would rather go through this life looking at the things that I have versus the things that I don't have. And also knowing that I wanted to be here so badly, right? So I'll take... I'll take the stuff that comes along with it. I, you know what I mean? It's not gonna, it's not gonna be this, oh, I'm in great shape. I mean, we, you know, we have friends that, like, they, they seem to be rolling into their 50s and 60s and they're running every, you know, and da 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 da, all these kind of things. And it's just not gonna be me, but, mm -hmm. but I also am, I'm really grateful for the time I have and, and the experiences, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And if we do it in a boot, we do it in a boot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, again, uh, let us know what you're thinking, guys. Let us know what you want us to, to cover. If we have an experience with it, we will do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, keep the, the comments coming and let us know what direction we should go. <laughs> but, you know, there are things that you can control. And because of that. I'm still here. You are. Peace. Hey everyone, I hope you love this episode of I'm Still Here and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here After all these years After all these tears I shed I'm still here And I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be Yeah, yeah Now I stand tall with my feet in the ground And my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go